Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Hunter. My name is Ethan Mathias, and tonight I'll be talking with my buddy Hunter Long. You can follow him on Instagram, Hunter underscore lensman. Thanks, and hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on? What's up? Not, uh, not a whole, whole, whole lot. Sounds like some uh, technical difficulties over there. Always technical difficulties when you're dealing with me. Anything that I do is fucking difficult. Dude, I, I know exactly how you, how you feel. It's uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing out of the normal for me. But, oh, well, uh, well, Hunter, tell everybody who you are, what you do. Yeah, so uh, my name's Hunter Long from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, 29 years old. And, um, I uh, actually am starting uh, Fire Academy and on Monday, so that's no pretty kidding. exciting. Um, so I've been that's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and and uh, also I guide ducks on the side as well, waterfowl. So, um, so it, uh, you know, pretty pretty simple life over here, and uh, hopefully um, after I get through the academy, um, you know, obviously that's that's a schedule that can be, that can be flexible, um, during certain times of the year when you want it to. So, uh, I hope, uh, I hope both can kind of correlate and, and, uh, and mesh well with one another. And so I can kind of keep this, keep this thing going. And that's what, uh, that's what Gary does, right? Isn't he, or he's a firefighter or something? Yeah, he, Gary is a firefighter. Okay. Yeah. That's what I remember hearing on one of y'all's podcast episodes. He was still in the fire academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary, uh, Gary's a firefighter in Buffalo. Um, he's been a longtime friend of mine uh, ever, uh, since we've gone to uh, college together. So uh, we did a bunch of hunting up there, up in uh, Buffalo, New York, and and, um, and kind of opened my eyes to new to new uh, waterfowl adventures. I guess you you might you might say. Oh yeah, and I man, I definitely want to ask you a few questions about that once we uh, kind of get down the road into it a little bit. Uh, so, where are you from, Nashville originally? I'm from. I'm kind of. I, I call myself like a mutt. Um, I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I'm. I was born in Kentucky. Um, lived in Cincinnati through about elementary school. Moved down to Raleigh. And that's kind of where I've been in the South ever since. Moved to Raleigh for two years and then moved to Nashville when I was a freshman in high school. So um, kind of bounced around a little bit. So I've, uh, I've had the pleasure of, of uh, playing, playing some good golf courses in the South and, and, uh, and, and uh, good outdoors. So Where's your go-to spot in Nashville for golf course? Oh, man, the, um, the Governor's Club down in Franklin. Oh, big money. Mm. well well i mean only when i'm invited I mean, i'm i'm a i'm a mush so you know that's an invite only for me i'm not i'm not walking on there yeah I was say, more of a mccabe guy golf cart probably, yeah nine, probably like 20 a, bucks oh yeah yeah goat ranch um you know like you know just livestock you know holding your ball up on the fairway that's kind of that's probably my place yeah i'm so. good good for one good drive maybe a chip <laughs> I'm better at drinking beer driving a golf cart. 100%. <laughs> you got to be good at something, though. 100%. Well, so, Hunter, uh, what got you into hunting? So, my father was a, is a, is and was and is a very big outdoorsman. 
Um, man, he influenced me at such an early age. Um, you know, and, and as most of us, uh, when we have the opportunity, I mean, our dads are our heroes. So, you know, he was hunting a bunch um, and fishing a bunch uh, when I was very young. And, man, when I got old enough, and he probably, I mean, he probably took me when I was too young to, to, to even go. But, I mean, um, but uh, he, he was a huge influence in my life as far as getting in the outdoors and, 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 and hunting and fishing and just everything that goes along with both of those. I mean, he was such a major impact, uh, in my life for, as far as the outdoors goes. So, um, he's definitely someone that, that started that tradition. And, and my grandpa as well was, was a big outdoorsman, um, you know, who taught my dad. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the fifth generation of my family to, to be a, to be in the outdoors and, and do it, you know, like you and I do it. I was going to say, is it, is your dad more of a, a duck hunter or a deer hunter? Man, yeah, so back in the day, you know, he was all about deer hunting. And, um, you know, he, he had a really busy job and, uh, you know, just providing for me. And, and, and I played hockey, so, you know, and hockey ain't cheap. Um, looking back, you know what I mean? Like, so he fat, sacrificed a bunch. So he, he did deer hunt a bunch, but, man, he cut back a bunch. He cut back a lot, too, and – and um, and uh I think your original question is: Is he a deer hunter or a duck hunter? Yeah. Yes. I mean, he 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 loved them both, but now he just duck hunts. I mean, I don't know when the last time he got in a tree stand. So man, you I... know, I, he just doesn't have any. <laughs> just doesn't have. I think I just think because it's a, it's a bunch of time. If you're going to do it right, because he liked to bow hunt. So if you're going to do it, you know, bow hunters, you you really have to put in the time, put in the homework, uh, and he did that for a lot a lot of years. But I think kids and job and, and everything um you know he that's something that he probably sacrificed um you know for for us so yeah it's funny man my my dad when he was my age huge duck hunter loved it every year when i invite him to go he's like oh man you know i'm, I'm chasing after this buck right now I, that he will he will not go duck hunting man unless really? he, he i can't get him to do it i was like man i'll drive pay for all the food i'll pick you up you just need to show up and he's like man i i got this one deer i'm chasing right now i just i can't do it yeah that's amazing <laughs> that's it such, such the opposite and it probably was like that for him back in the day but dude like no when 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 duck season rolls around my old man is is in arkansas and, <laughs> and, he, and, 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 and he and he's just he's hunting because there's there's still that that you know, that little, it's almost like that little, that little kid enjoyment, that little kid, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he acts like a little kid when he's out there. I mean, he just like, let's go of everything. And just like everybody does when they go into Arkansas, for me, it's just, you know, you let go of everything that's going on because it's not a real world over there. No, like, I, Arkansas is not a real world. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like, it's all make-believe pixie <laughs> dust. It just, it's, it's all fake. Oh man. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I don't want to talk about phone. Unless you're, mm -hmm. unless I'm meeting up with you somewhere, you're dropping me a pin on a hot spot. But man, it, it it's totally different world, man. It, you, no stress, or you shouldn't have any stress. Yeah, the problem, just... the problem with Arkansas is everything is fucking broke over there. Like everything is broke. So that honestly, like there is some stress in Arkansas because everything fucking breaks over there. <laughs> be, be, I mean, I don't know what it, I don't know. Like it's it's the gumbo over there. But dude, when you 
are in Arkansas, shit breaks. So that's the only stressful thing I can say about Arkansas is it's like, hmm, okay, what's going to go – like, what's going to happen next? But that is a part – and we'll probably get into it later. That's a part of the story. That's a part of, of everything that you do. You know, killing killing ducks and killing numbers isn't – isn't everything it's it's something but it's not everything either so oh yeah i was gonna say speaking to your point though one of the guys in our club danny dude he's got this badass polaris or 1000 it's on 35s lift and i mean it's it's insane however much he spent on this thing why or two years ago popped a belt he's like it's all good man don't worry about it Swapped it out in the field, and I was like, who just has an extra belt? He's like, man, I got two of everything I can fit in here. But, yeah, same kind of thing. You hit hit a tractor rut, something breaks. Get water on it, it's going to break. And especially when you start dealing with, like, ice and, like, when it gets cold, it's just like, oh, (laughs) boy, here we go. The plug on your boat's frozen, you can't. Yeah, you're you're sitting in the truck paying off your credit card before uh, before you go out in the field just because you know something's going to happen. Just clearing a little little space, you know. Yeah, just making a little, little room on there. Yeah, just for just for oopsie daisies. Everyone does it, so I mean, it's it's the truth. It's sad how much we spend during duck season because it, it's like prior to duck season, you're thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'll get this, I'll get this. I don't spend that much. Duck season rolls around, it's like, man, I gotta have it. I swipe that card. I don't even care. <laughs> and, That's awesome. And then it's so fe- true though. February comes around, you're like, damn, why why did I buy that? <laughs> Use it one time. Yeah, you know. It's- duck hunting waterfowl hunting is such a geary oriented me and geary and i have this conversation all the time because we're trying to we're like trying to like come up me geary and jake my buddy jake newbie we're all like we're all trying to come up with like the next like the next mojo and it's kind of hard to reinvent the mojo those bastards they made it so they made it so easy and so it's just really hard to recreate it but we've been trying to come up with an idea to to do something and and make money doing it but it's just if you guys do it, let me know. I'll, I'll be your number one tester. <laughs> there you go, partner. <laughs> investor, oh, you are. Oh. <laughs> investor, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, man. That's well, so, uh, I got to ask, just because you and me live in the same town, you ever hunt around Nashville, any of the WMAs or public land around here? I mean, I try not to. I don't blame uh, I try not to. And, and, and I guess – you know like i said i wasn't born here raised here but for people that i've talked to you know they used to everyone used to kill ducks back in the day i think like ducks were just the stupidest animals because everyone says oh yeah we kill you know the sky was black there are there are birds <laughs> here there are birds there there are birds everywhere well that may be the case but i guess back in the day like old hickory lake used to be kind of good ish but man it's just it, it, it's fell off i believe and and i don't know i can't speak for on behalf of for some of my buddies who hunt it every weekend um you know religiously so it's kind of hard and i'd probably really like to have their take on it so i don't want to put words in their mouth either um so i'm just trying to give like a kind of overall you know uh overview of kind of everything but the the hunting here is not great It, it can be better once you start to go west obviously towards mississippi uh and towards that flyway but um, you know, here I think you're just kind of catching the the scatterbrained birds that you know kind of <laughs> get off the flyaway a little bit. But it can't. But I've had a couple good days out there when it just gets nasty. The wind starts howling, 
and you get a big front that moves in. Um, you know, the, the, the one – I probably hunted Old Hickory like four days. And I had one really good day, and it was like every bird that we saw was just whoo, toting luggage coming straight, <laughs> straight into our food plot. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was like – it, it, it kind of was like Arkansas shit. So, um, it was unbelievable. So, but, but, but that doesn't happen every day. So, no. you know, when guys kill 30, 40, 50 ducks a year off Old Hickory, that's, I think, it may be average, but that's kind of like, I think, the numbers, the lower numbers that you're looking at. So, that may be the total for all the birds killed this past season at Cheatham. Dude, I, I know where Cheatham <laughs> is. I know people hunt it, but I, if I go hunt on Cheatham, I'm selling my stuff after that hunt because that will be my last duck hunt. Probably. Yeah, I, I, the the best part about it is you can cook breakfast and then you go home and you're back home at eight o'clock. I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, <laughs> like I like I got invited because I don't know Old Hickory very well, and like I said, guys hunt it a lot, and I you know I got to know a bunch of uh, good a good good dudes that go and hunt it, and they're like, yeah, come on, and I showed up, and you know they're in there cooking breakfast, this and that. And it's like you see a couple crows fly, and then you see like you know a, a heron that looks like a goose from far away, and everyone gets all excited, but it's a blue heron. And then it's like back to eating, and then you go home. It's like, well, hell, I could have just cooked breakfast in the freaking kitchen, oh yeah, and and hung out. But no, it's always good to go out and obviously meet people and blinds and and stuff. It's part of it too. So yeah, the a few years back we ended up winning a blind at Cheatham. I was I was optimistic. I'll, I'll give it that. And then I think the total for that blind was less than 10 for the whole year. You should get a prize for being optimistic. <laughs> well, so, so then I got permission across the street from my house. My neighbor's like, man, yeah, I got a 10-acre pond over here. Y'all uh, probably smashed them. Dude, average three birds a morning, and that was hunting till 7.30, and I could be at the office at 8. And I was like, Perfect. you know what? I don't have to wear waders. I can literally walk across the street in blue jeans, my dog can get the birds, and I can be at work at 8 o'clock. This is great. Sign me up. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, you throw threw out a dozen decoys. All The only birds I was killing were the Metro Center ducks because they dude, have all those, those ponds and stuff. They are dumb as shit. Dude, those are the best ones. Oh, I, I'm getting one of No doubt. I'm actually getting one of them mounted. It was like the best-looking gadwall you've ever seen and i was like yeah i mean why not there ain't no telling how many <laughs> loaves of bread that <laughs> uh, i brought it to brian brew wild wings and he was like where did you kill this thing i've never seen one this big and i was like <laughs> uh he was like what county and i was like uh davidson he was like i don't i don't think you can hunt there i was like dude it's the last legal spot i promise <laughs> so to him he was cracking up that's wild. I actually got some birds to take to him. So if he ever listens to this podcast, because me and him were in contact, uh, man, I got some birds I got to bring to you. So um, he does a so good job. Just, he does an gotta, awesome job. Gotta, awesome job. You got to wait like 14 months, dude. Everybody in Tennessee brings their birds there. Dude, it, it, he, he is. I, I was in, I've been in his basement and um, it, it is phenomenal. Oh, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen in there. It, 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 Hundred percent worth the wait. Phenomenal. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to pick that one up. For sure. But, well, uh, if I guess you and me would probably have the same thoughts on this. If, if TWRA could do anything to make some of our 
WMAs or public land hunting in Nashville better? What What do you even think? I mean, I, I feel like you could do just about anything. It is probably yeah. I mean, put a park bench out there and somebody's grandma, <laughs> and I mean that could be the total difference. Man, so uh, and like I said before, it's hard to speak on it's it's hard to it's hard to speak on it and put words in because i don't want to put words in other guys mouths that do it every weekend um so it's hard for me to comment on it but man I, I'm, I'm i'm partial if that if that makes sense i think twra does does an awesome job I, I do i think they do an awesome job regulating um everything as far as the water and the land and and those guys, like everyone thinks they, you know, TWRA, Arkansas, DC, whatever, you know, like they, everyone thinks their jobs are cake and really they're not, they're hard, they're tough jobs. Um, and obviously you run into some game wardens who like, who can be a dick, like that are dickheads. Right. But, but, the, but that's like, you know, but you can run into a, another duck hunter at the ramp who's a dickhead too. So, you know, it's like they're out there, but the the confrontations that when I've ran into them in, they're they're pretty easy going as long as you're not being an asshole and and you're being safe. Um, You know, it's their job to check you. It's It's their job to check registration, tags, boat, you know, uh, flotation. Like it's their, it's their job. They're just doing their job. You know what I mean? And people are like, Oh, this guy's giving me a hard time. Well, well, no, he's just, doing his job that's, that's that's why they're there so yeah. i'd rather them be implemented than not but here's uh here's my kicker you know the whole draw system thing the way i understand it is is ruining the opportunity for tennessee duck hunters in, in so many ways um you know i've only been to a couple of drawings but like i said for the guys that are there every weekend that's something they count on and, and and if they're as sick for it as I am, you know, it, it means a lot to them to be able to go out there and hunt and and for them to go blind hop any blind that they want to or get drawn. But like, but this, you know, because it might correct me if I'm wrong, but the system changed like a year or two ago, right? To where oh, yeah. like two years you ago, know, boy, the, the the some of the twenties um, from from what my good buddy said, like you you can't blind hop anymore. And you you get like day passes or like or weekend passes like that is total bullshit. And, oh yeah. And it, and and I think TWRA really needs to get together again and 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 ask other states what we're not the only state that has like public hunting. Ask other states what they're doing and what system works best because the system that they're doing now is is totally ruining the hunting opportunity for the average duck hunter yeah and and my thing is i wish i wish tennessee would adopt some of the rules that agfc has Mm -hmm. or agfc could say hey you know this is how we're managing you know i don't know anything about arkansas deer hunting i care less but as far as it goes for ducks AGFC, in my mind, does a pretty good job. You hear guys every once in a while complain about it, but nowhere near as much as TWRA. And I'm not hating on anybody, any game wardens or TWRA guys that are listening, if they are. But I just think Tennessee could learn a lot in that aspect. Yeah, as as absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I mean, people will talk about – food plots not being there and 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 the, how they plant and all that i mean you know like if the state funded thing like 
I do believe they are trying their their best as far as the agricultural side of it. I do believe they're trying to do their best there. Um, you know, I think they built a couple of new blinds this year. Honestly, I would like to see if I was going to change one thing about it. I would like to see, you know, obviously the lake has res- residential houses on it up to a certain point, right? But maybe from the 231 bridge up or make it a small, you know, two-mile two uh, length in the river to where you can set up shop anywhere. Oh, as dude, long as, that'd be as awesome. long as you're still meeting your guidelines of being, you know, whatever, 500 yards away from a dwelling building or whatever it is. And, and and still following the rules, but I think you should be able to float your John boat in there, pull your blind, and hunt out of a boat if you've seen ducks piling up at the back of a creek, right? Obviously, you know, and, and then you're going to have the same thing that Arkansas runs into, guys hunting on top of each other or whatever, right? But at some point, like, there, it, you, you have TWRA to help out with that. You have you know, you have, hopefully you have good people in the blind hunting next to one another and you're friendly about it. And, you know, if you can't, if, if you can't, you know, if two people want to hunt the same little pocket in Spence Creek, not Spence Creek, don't hunt in Spence Creek, the house is everywhere. Uh, 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 or or uh, maybe hunt. <laughs> no, I, fit, I fish there a bunch, so my mind's on Spence Creek right now because the fish are on bed. But, um, um, but up, up river, you know what I mean? If the two guys, same guys want to hunt the same little pocket, either come to an agreement, hunt together, spread apart, make it work out. But like, I would like to see that rule changed in Tennessee as far as, you know, having a limit of area and then be able to hunt wherever you want. Um, I think one, it would bounce the birds around better. Um, They wouldn't get used to certain food holes, not having food, having food, whatever. It would just keep the birds moving and flowing and it would keep everybody happy because at least like you said, you're optimistic. At least if you go in there and you're optimistic about your spot because you scouted it, you found birds, so probably did seven other people, but you were optimistic about your hunt. You can't go to a blind and say, oh, well, I didn't see any birds here yesterday. You know, I saw them back in this pocket, you know, 250 yards away. So maybe I'll see one or two. Yeah, I mean, I'd, that, and, and to me, that's, some, that's an easy, quick fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm sure there's way more logistics to it than that. But from an outsider's perspective, man, it seems like a pretty I easy mean, solution. Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas, like uh, Arkansas, does it? And obviously, there's two. That's two different types of hunting. But at the same time, like it, it, it can't be that big of a thing to implement. Like the, you know what I mean? Like it, oh it, yeah, it, you, th- you throw uh, that so, up for a vote. That I mean, that, that, hands down, that's gonna win. I think I think so. I think it would just. I, I think it'd help everybody out, and obviously there's pros and cons to both. But I think the pros outweigh the cons in, oh, yeah, in that no. in that conversation. No doubt. Well, let's uh, let's move on from Tennessee because none yeah. of us really hunt Tennessee unless my neighbor invites me at his place, which is way better than my house. But I'm good story. with it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with it. Uh, so so you're a guy in Arkansas. I am. Or, uh, who do you guide for? Arkansas um, it is a uh, it's a lodge in Proctor, Arkansas. So I guess for people, you know, coming over the bridge is probably the second exit um, over the bridge. We're about twenty minutes away from from Bass Pro Shop, so you know we're re- still relatively close um, to uh, to downtown and, and kind of like west West Memphis. Um, so it's an awesome place. Um, 
my both my bosses, Chad Halbert. Um, sorry, I'm spitting. Uh, Chad Chad Halbert. Um, he's the head guy there. He's been tremendous. Kirby Carlson. He's the other part owner. Uh, and his wife, Chrissy Carlson, man, they run such a clean guide service. And that's what, you know, you go and listen to these other podcasts and you see stuff on Facebook or whatever and about like kind of horror stories about, you know, going somewhere and not getting what you want and, or, or, or it's kind of like false advertising to a certain extent. But man, um, the, these, these three individuals, obviously one have changed my life because I get to go over there and hunt and guide and, and really enjoy what I do. Um, and, and they've given me an opportunity to come over there and work for the last three years. And, um, so I'm forever grateful for, for them. And, uh, Chad, he's a farmer out in four city. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, we have a bunch of connections with, with, you know, other farmers and, and, and obviously the land that we have as well, which is, which is a bunch. Um, so it's, it's just a really good thing. They run such a clean shop. Like I said, it's, it's a five star. Um, it's a five star place, man. You, the the food, um, the amenities, the house. You know, the house sits on forty acres, um, and it's it's when I say it's a house, it's a like it's uh, a it's a it's a mansion. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not a mansion, at, but like looking at the website it says the ten thousand square foot lodging facility. <laughs> it, it, it looks dude, super it, nice. Like I want to say, like it's a mansion, but it's a very big it's a very big complex. Um, we sleep 24, I believe. Um, we can have four groups in and we can sleep, we can hold 24 and we got a full kitchen, um, commercial kitchen in there and, uh, cooks are awesome. Um, yeah, and you got meals, queen size the, beds too, the, instead the of a bed, single bed. Oh God, the sheets <laughs> in the bed, bro. The sheets in the beds there. Oh my God. I don't know where Chrissy gets her sheets from, but like, and I don't know if it's just because I'm so tired when I get over there, but like, so I I rather sleep in my guide bed than sometimes <laughs> sometimes my own home. I swear, but just, looks like you're really rubbing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean that's the thing. Like, and they treat their guides so so good too. It's just it's just been a really um, a really healthy um, work environment, and uh, and and I'm man, I'm I'm so happy to be a part of part of them and a part of that family over there. It's it's a it's 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 i honestly i'm kind of speechless talking i mean it's it is just flat out awesome um we i would say i don't know the exact percent but i could probably say close to probably 75 or 80 percent of our of our clients are are repeats oh that's awesome man Um, that's when you know you're doing something right yeah yeah man so you know and it's and it's duck hunt at the end of the day we have a bunch of property um that that we're able to go hunt and and usually we have we have ducks somewhere. We just have to go find them. And, uh, and so we have a bunch of different options and, uh, yeah, man, every, everyone that comes there is just kind of blown away by, by the whole experience. And, and like I said, I was getting to the, the hunting's the hunting. You're going to have, you're going to have good days and bad days, even being a guide and outfitter, we all do, but, um, there's so much more that comes with that trip that you book with us. Um, and, and there's a bunch of other good outfitters out there too, and, and, and not to knock anybody else or anything, but, um, I really do believe we're, we are one of the top, um, outfitters, uh, in Arkansas, just, just as far as amenities go and, and, and everything like that. We got a, um, a, a skeet range out back, um, 
So, you know, once you get done with your morning hunt, if, if we don't do like a spec hunt in the afternoon, guys can grab a beer or whatever and, and get grab a golf cart and, and go and shoot skeet at a couple of different stations. So they got stuff to do and not just sit around. Um, if you go to our website and you go through like the pictures or whatever, we got a big, um, I don't know how many acre pond it is. It kind of wraps around the, uh, the complex, but man, the crappie in there, like the people actually dive in and, and catch the absolute hell out of these crappie and people rather go catch these crappie than shoot ski as if I would, uh, I would as well. But, um, the fishing's obviously great there too. So, you know, like if it's, you know, like Arkansas has been, if it's like, you know, you catch like a 65 or 70 degree day and you're like, uh, as a guy, you're like, ah, shit. And then I'm like, and then I'm like halfway, halfway through the hunt and I'm like, Hey boys, he's crappie. You're calling our name right now. <laughs> I know we didn't, we didn't kill any birds, but, uh, man, we can definitely catch some fish right now. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, I see y'all do, uh, pheasant quail chucker and all that man that's yeah so that's kind of that but that part has changed not gonna lie um that part has changed we kind of got away from from doing that um i don't think a lot of our clients i'm not gonna say a lot of our clients don't do it but i think you know chad he obviously he's got a family too kirby carlson the other part owner they have two newborns so it, it just takes a lot of extra time in the afternoons to do and a lot of other coordinating, I guess is the word. So we've kind of gotten away from doing that. And, but if it's like a special request and, and someone really, really wants to do it, I guess they might do it. They may or may not. That's a, that's a Chrissy Carlson question, but, um, but we we're kind of, yeah, to answer your question, we kind of get in, we're kind of out of that, but. Yeah. But, I was going to say the, the other, the way I look at it is it's like, dude, if, if you have a hard hunt in the morning, Odds are you're not going to have energy to want to go out and, and do all that. It's a, I mean, it's a long day. Yeah, it's I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll go sit in the pit for a little bit in the afternoon every once in a while, but that's – I'm not not pushing myself too hard on the afternoon. Yeah, hunts, but. yeah it's, it's a long day. You know, we try to get our guys, our clients on birds and – you know, and we're we're fortunate enough to to be around a spot or two where it typically holds quite a few geese, um, like a lot of geese. So you know, if the conditions are right, and and for some reason we kind of get a pickle in the morning, and and you know the ducks, you know, have a mind of their own and want to do something different, then um, you know we're we're we'll, the guides are will do everything in their power to get guys on birds whether that's an afternoon spec hunt or or such just something to end the day on a positive note so um we always have that option yeah i was gonna say so so speaking of that what uh i know being a guide's got to be stressful i couldn't couldn't even imagine but i'm sure oh, you have good days and bad days what uh <laughs> what have uh Tell me, like, what, what's been, like, one of your best experiences and just the worst day of your life ever got in? Because oh, I know you got to have them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I was stressed out. I Like, I would get stressed out, like, my first year doing it. But, man, not – like, I'm not anymore because I've, I've learned that, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're still hunting a wild animal and, and you know um, – it, it, I, 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 and it's not that I, that I don't care because 
I will tell you 100%, I want to kill ducks more than my clients do. I promise you. Like, it, 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 <laughs> oh, it, I don't they, doubt it. They drive, I, I get more, like, anxious and more, like, pissed off that, that the ducks didn't cooperate, you know, like they did or, like, the afternoon before when we were scouting them. And then, they, you know, then they pull some bullshit in the morning and they don't do the same thing. That's – like, or weather changes and they do something different, you know that I didn't think of, you know, if I'm not one step ahead of the ducks and I get duped, that's when I get irritated as a guide for me personally, because, because I want to kill ducks. Like I want to kill ducks and I want my clients to kill ducks. So, but like the stressful part, like, you know, like I said, stress is only happens when you start breaking <laughs> shit. Um, that's where only my stress comes in. But, uh, but no, man, like I think, you know, we've had a lot of good days. Um, had a lot of good days I, we we had a lot of good stories made um i guess just in particular this season um we had uh, a returning group from alabama awesome guys and we got on um a couple of really good duck hunts and it just ended with a great goose hunt i think it was last week and we ended with a great goose hunt had like a a seven man limit of specs in like 45 minutes or something like that. I mean, it was just, it was probably just, when you send me that Snapchat of all the birds, you guys can... <laughs> <laughs> could have been, could have been one of those. Um, you know, when it got cold there for a little while, we hunted right off the Mississippi river and, um, and, and when everything got cold, man, and, and for all the fields froze, man, those ducks went right to that big water and we mashed them in the ice, uh, for a couple of days straight. So, that was probably some of the best, uh, some of the best waterfowling that I've actually seen personally, just as far as ducks working and, and, uh, and responding to calls. I mean, um, you know, during that time, you know, in late January, you know, these ducks start pairing up and they kind of, they kind of get a little finicky and they get a little harder to kill, but man, they're just like when that, when that ice, when everything iced up, Man, it, it, you you were just talking dirty smack to that like to that head. <laughs> you, I mean that like you, like you know that's that's you know that's something that I've learned too, and and I you know I've gotten taught to do that is, you know you 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 when you're calling at ducks you you pick out that like that lone hen you pick out one bird you figure out what you know you're watching these birds you pick out one bird and you call just to that bird and um man those these these hens were just like they were just so vocal and so so eagerly ready to feed and 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 they just you know it was um it was just awesome display of waterfowling i mean you know we had them backpedaling in our face in a in a, you know in a 40 50 or uh, 50 you know why uh i can't talk yard hole and they're just backpedaling right in front of our face you know neck that, out stretched feet down everything and that's what i'll say which is weird because i feel like i never say this but the last few weeks of duck season in arkansas this year were by far the best last few weekends of duck season i've had and i don't even know how long mm-hmm. the weather was right the birds were there and you couldn't ask for anything better man it was awesome yeah i think and i think the weather played a huge part um, the the early weather that we got earlier in the year, you know, that November, December time period, we got the pushes, I believe this year out of the last couple, we got the, the couple good, good winter weather pushes that we needed. And, and we had some tough days still, but, but the, in the long run, the hunting was way better this year. And for the last couple of weeks, this, the birds, I think the birds made it. They were down there. 
and um, it, it it made out for a couple really really couple really good weeks of hunting. Oh, um, yeah, up until December eighteenth, it was just it was garbage, dude. It was it was tough. It was yeah, it was, it was, it was tough because we had a water we had a water issue too, and we struggled with that. And you know, obviously we we had fields that had water in them, and but it was really hard. You know, you you had to have if you had water then you had to have two or three others around there to rest them somewhere. You know what I mean? Because if you go and hunt where you had water and where you had, wherever you had water, you had ducks. That was a good part. But the twist to that is if you didn't have water around your water to hold, to hold and rest ducks, then you were just a, you know, you were a one hunt day on those ducks and they were gone. Oh yeah. So, oh, man. so that's, that was kind of the twist. Better. That was the kind of the twist on that. Um, and we, we were fortunate enough to have one or two spots that had water that where we were holding ducks and, and, you know, and so we were kind of just, grind, just grinding away at them, but, but it was, it was, it was a different, um, ball game this year as far as early part of the year. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about that. Well, so were, uh, were you guiding anywhere else prior to Arkansas duck masters or was it just kind of like a, Hey, let's go. It, yeah, I, that, this is my first. Um, this is my first uh, outfitter I've guided for, um, as far as waterfowl goes. You know, and, and when I was up in college, like, it, it's, so to answer your question, yes, this is my first outfitter. But when I was up in college, uh, up in Buffalo, man, I duck hunted. Well, I duck hunted a lot. Like, for being a student athlete, I think me and my buddy were sitting at the bar. Me and Gary were sitting at the bar, and I think we hunted like forty-eight out of sixty up there. Being a oh my athlete <laughs> so like you know class was optional duck hunts were mandatory and obviously hockey was mandatory but you know we we duck hunted a bunch and so i but but a lot of people in, in buffalo new york are big big deer hunters like they could care less about waterfowl really um you know besides like a handful of people so you know i would take people up in buffalo um older people uh that you know, that knew I was hunting and, and obviously going to kill ducks on their WMAs and stuff up there. Um, you know, they, sometimes I had one guy tag along with me quite a bit and uh, developed a pretty cool relationship with him. So, so like I've taken other people duck hunting before, but like not for money or, 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 you know, a, um, you know, like a professional outfitter or whatever, but, you know, I've taken people hunting before that. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to dive into that the whole new york thing because that kind of leads into how i haven't met you but so i was in new york at uh some military base up there i can't even remember uh somewhere in rochester new york whatever that i know uh, where rochester is at but i know for sure i'm not gonna be able to answer yeah i <laughs> man i can't even remember I'll, I'll like remember right after we're done i'll be like damn it that place anyway so i was in rochester and i was doing this military job. I was up there for like 30 days and uh, I'm like scrolling through podcasts. Cause I got to sit on this job site for five, six hours a day. Just make sure everything's okay. Type in duck hunting podcast, scrolling through. And I'm like a guide series. I was like, looks like, looks like something, you know, I'd be interested in. I'll check it out. So started listening to it. Then found you guys on Instagram, reached out to you. And I was like, holy shit, you guys are in New York as well. You know, this, uh, you probably had been back in Nashville at this point, but it was funny hearing some of the stories. Cause where I was at in Rochester, I said, it wasn't even Rochester. I, wherever I was at, you guys kept talking about the places you'd hunt 
in the area that I was in, there was wetlands everywhere. And I was like, dude, you could you could kill the shit out of ducks here. I bet nobody hunts and started talking to some of the local guys and I'm like, dude, nobody nobody duck hunts up here. What are you what are you talking about? Yeah. And then hearing mm-hmm. y'all's podcast, I was like, Man, <laughs> that's awesome. But so tell me like how, when you first went up there, I mean you obviously went up there to play hockey. Did you even know there was gonna be duck hunting there or you know no, no, I didn't. And uh, it's it's funny because the, where I went to school, um, I went to SUNY Fredonia, which is a small, small school right off Lake Erie. Like I'm talking a mile and a half or two off Lake Erie. And um, and so obviously with the lake, there's obviously going to be a bunch of ducks, a bunch of geese or whatever. And and in and, and Buffalo, New York is, is so, is, dude, it's so pretty up there. And it, But when people think of New York, they think of New York City. They have no clue what Buffalo is. Dude, Buffalo is so country up there. Rolling Hills, um, it, it is is some of the uh, most prettiest country um, around, really, in the fall. But um, So there's a bunch of ag culture, and obviously when you got ag culture and you got, you know, uh, a great lake right there, um, you know, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a significant number of waterfowl. And, and that's what I kind of realized, like driving around. I'm like, damn, there's a, there's a line of geese. Damn, there's a line of geese. Let's see what I just like follow them, and they'll be like, you know, there'll be a 500 sitting in like a like an early cut cornfield. I'm like, well, gosh, damn. I'm like, <laughs> you know, call my dad, like, send my camo up here, send my gun, do whatever. And he's like, dad, he's like, Hunter, I can't send your gun in the mail. I'm like, well, 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 I don't. I'll figure that out. I'll throw rocks at him for now, but you know just send my stuff up here and and uh so i started going um like my sophomore uh maybe my junior year i started going and um and 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 we hunted right out right outside on the outskirts of fredonia and i and i actually this is a kind of funny story but i got uh i got permission from there's a bunch of vineyards up there in, in buffalo uh big wine country and i got permission to hunt the back of this vineyard that was holding geese they're you know feeding in the grass or whatever and early you know for early season and uh, i knocked on the door said hey you know i'm a student here at fredonia play hockey blah blah blah. um you know i i don't know if i should have threw that card because sometimes people don't like hockey players but i did anyway it worked she gave me permission (laughs) and uh man went back there and shot some geese awesome and uh so i'm sitting back there with another buddy um i don't know if it was geary maybe geary it probably was, and uh, and all of a sudden, dude, it was like I was. We were hunting in the afternoon, and didn't have a great hunt. All of a sudden, man, these ducks, like, just came out of nowhere. Like I'm talking like a cloud, bro. I'm like, and and they was like dumping into this tree line. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, and I'm like going crazy, right? Like from someone that you know hunted in Arkansas and and that no and, and and that's been around it. Gary was fairly new at the time. Oh, at the, like so these ducks are just like you know just toting luggage like you know swooping and doozing and maple leafing just carrying jesus's luggage from the heavens just dropping <laughs> in this timber hole and and i'm like going crazy and i'm like man we gotta get permission we gotta get permission like, what are you talking about i'm like bro there's gotta be water in in those woods somewhere so we started looking <laughs> at it on the maps like it was it was a part of that lady that lady's vineyard it was her property and um and we ended up finding out she was a uh, grape farmer and she sold Welcher's grapes. That in a minute. But so that's kind of like a little bonus right there. But um, <laughs> man, went in there and I took, I, and I knew there were a bunch of ducks in there. And 
and uh, I took Geary, and I took another guy. His name is Zach White. He was probably his first time duck hunting. Took them in there, and the next morning, and uh, or maybe the next morning, like a week later, maybe duck season. I think it was at an off schedule from goose season. But uh, we went in there and started hitting water. I'm like, oh shit, there's feathers everywhere. I'm like, oh shit, so, like I know what's going on because I'm like, now I'm jacked. I'm like, this is it. And 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 was like had like a little you know Walmart you know three dollar you know college try headlights like i'm shining around this timber hole and it is dude it is the prettiest one of the prettiest timber holes i have still yet to see and and uh and these two these two don't know what's going on man like they have no clue they're like why the fuck are we standing in water right now i'm like trust me just trust me, trust me. <laughs> you guys wait dude and all of a sudden the woodies came in i mean freaking hot and we burned their ass, and, and we had ducks laying everywhere. Obviously, we were legal. But, you know, we, like, you know, these two stooges were, like, shooting trees. They were, like, you know, ducks were landing by them and stuff. It was just, it was it was really, really cool. And um, so we had that timber hole um, for that year. And and uh, just western New York in general, man, just is, is a great place to, to hunt. You got dry field geese, so when it gets cold, the ducks will hit the dry fields as well and tons of public land on really, really like untouched public land to hunt oh. ducks. Um, just cause everyone deer hunts up there and, and, uh, and Gary, now that he's, you know, he, he took the, the, uh, shot to the arm, the needle shot to the arm and uh, for waterfowl, um, you know, he's all about it. And he's like, man, he's like, if, if we would have known these places in college, he's like, we could have hunted anywhere. He's like, there's so many acres that are just untouched you know woodland flooded flooded woods marshes that that we could hunt and uh so he's uh he's really happy up there you know that he still gets to do that and and kind of uh found all these places he can go and hunt up there so that's kind of what i got to say about that i talk a lot oh man i was gonna say i wish asking for permission was a thing like you, yeah. you get, like it was funny when you were talking about knocking on the door because that was like my favorite thing to do I used to, uh, not going to say where, north of Nashville, I had a lot of clients. And uh, I used to knock on a lot of doors up there because you'd always see sandhill cranes or a random cattle pond with a bunch of ducks or geese, mm -hmm. whatever. And I'd be like, hey, uh, I'm Ethan Matthias. You know, I help out with Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl. I know all these geese, you know, once they shit, they can, you know, spread disease around because they're a migratory bird. And science guy. <laughs> yeah, you, I was you, like, pulled, you pulled the science <laughs> card on them. I was like, you know, nice. Canada doesn't have the same farm practices and pesticide control that the U.S. does. And it worked out like 10% of the time. But every, <laughs> once while, every once in a while, like I had, I, I kept driving by this one house and, Every time I'd knock on the door, you'd see cars there, whether or not they were home, they just didn't want to answer. So I had my clipboard with like a bunch of notepad paper and I left a note on every car in their driveway with my phone number. And the guy called and I talked to him for like an hour. He's like, man, I had no idea. That's, you know, that's great to know. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to hunt out here now that you, you kind of inspired me. I was like, well, yeah, if you ever need me to go, he's like, no, I'm good. I'll, uh, I'll call you if I need. I was like, damn it. <laughs> oh my gosh that's hey, awesome it's always worth a shot i mean that's yeah. awesome i never even would have thought to pull the science card i probably <laughs> would have started stuttering because i can't even spell science so i mean like 
I figured you know, I'd I'd shoot my shot and see what happens, but uh, yeah, I uh, some guys just get lucky, but man, Tennessee yeah. asking for permission just doesn't uh, doesn't really work out. S Y E N C. Just kidding! Just kidding! Just kidding! So, all right, I'm I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about about Arkansas. So, uh, y'all's property. Any idea how many acres you guys have or lease or own or Yeah, so we're we're kind of mixed in that regard. Um with, with Chad being a farmer and with Kirby having a farming background, his family farms. Um we do lease a couple different areas, but I wanna say I'm just gonna I don't know the exact number. Um, but I wanna say it's probably around fourteen between twelve, between probably twelve and fifteen thousand acres, somewhere oh, in there. Um, wow. So we're like I said, we're we're spread out. You know, basically everything, not everything, but like you know, our kind of territory is from Mississippi River out to Forest City. Um, we hunt we hunt some in Turl, um, which is just north up fifty five. Um, uh, we got a we got a, a place or two on either side of forty going out to Forest City. And then we do have a bunch of, uh, of places out in Forest City that we can hunt. Um, we got two timber holes out there as well. So um, that actually one didn't it didn't do very well this year, which is super surprising. But it was kind of an odd year for the timber. But it should have been good on a real like on a couple of days. Our timber should have been on fire. It just it just was a weird year for the timber. Uh, I think other people can probably attest to that too. Yeah, um, we, off on the Lane Gill because we're yeah, that's where our two timber holes are. Oh man, I've I've got a love and hate relationship with the Lane Gill. Yeah, we like I said, we had a couple good days in there, but I mean, really, it should have been it should have been better than what it was. I mean, we had we had a couple pits, and I'm not a I don't mind hunting out of pits. I like them, but you know, I rather be in the woods or being in a tree line and and hunting them but um we had a couple pits man where we would like we banged them every day and i don't really know what it was i think it's just the area and, and the amount of birds that were just being held there and there were geese there and ducks like to be around geese as well and those little bastards were there so um so i think we we just had a couple pits that were just banged every day so it just you know it just didn't make any sense for us to go into the woods unless you know, for the times that we did, we're like, yeah, it's going to be fire. Like if it ain't fire today or if it ain't fire, you know, tomorrow morning, then it's never going to be Yeah, kind of one of those things. Yeah, man. I, for one, I'm happy to say I didn't sit in a pit one time this season. Couldn't be more excited. I don't like being in pits. I'll hunt out yeah. of them, but I don't. I just. They're, <laughs> they're, they're awesome I, for the fact when you, when you got guys that, are new into the hunting and you got clients that are that are new or you have kids it's easier to conceal them it's usually a little cleaner a little you know it's an easier hunt um form but they still get the perception of ducks you know decoying and and watching birds they're able to you know they're they're not able to move around but they're able to to still get the full experience without putting them in a tough situation like standing behind a tree which we need to cover (laughs) let's go because i've learned that hiding behind a tree is a skill set not everybody can do it that's one thing i figured out guiding and probably if any of my clients listen to this they're probably laughing but 
and it's no and it's no shot. And I'm not talking about every single one of them because a lot of them are pretty good hunters. But there are certain clients I had this year that they just they don't they don't get it. it well, they they, they want to hunt the timber and they show up in max five. Yeah, or like <laughs> or like sick of marsh. It's like well, why don't you just dress up in a mustard bottle and sit next to a tree? And but really, it's not even that either. I mean, you could have the best camo, but man. You know, it's just people, and it takes time. It takes being being there like anything else. It takes um, experiencing it and, and failing at it. I've failed a bunch at it. I still do. But, you know, but hiding behind a tree is a skill set that not a lot of people have. Just because you put them behind a tree does not mean they will hide. No, and and, um, and, and we've learned that, you know, we, we sound our whole club, you know, 10 guys six guys, whatever, but we used to try and hunt everybody in the same spot in the woods and man it. There's a time and place for it. Certain areas you can actually do that. Certain ones you can't, but man, do you, you got to be still and trying to control that many people or that many dogs or dogs and people. It's, it's tough. Oh, it's super tough, man. And, and these ducks are, they're only getting smarter. And, and obviously from like, it's us talking right now, every other podcast talks about these ducks are smart by the time they get to Arkansas. Oh yeah. And, 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 and they can, they can pick you out and you could be wearing the best type of camo there is up against the tree that blends in. But like, you know, you know, understanding the, you know, hiding in a shadow, understanding, you know, when to move, when not to move. I mean, these, these ducks have horrible depth perception, but can still pick you out. Oh, they pick dogs out. They pick guns out. I just, I truly believe people don't give them enough credit because, because when you do hide and you hide good, they should do it right in front of your face. Oh yeah, I mean in the in the timber, right? In the field, it's a little different, but like in or in a tree line in timber. But like if you're hey, if you're a hid good, and I mean very very well, and and don't move, those ducks should light exactly where you want them to, or damn near close. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, a very firm believer in that. I I'm not trying to not trying to call my buddy Rusty out. <laughs> damn it, Rusty! <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, my buddy. So, I mean, it, man, his dog, first year hunt, awesome dog, Delta, she's incredible dog. But, man, we had these 50 mallards working over this tiny little slough. And when I say tiny, like 20, 25 foot wide. But it just – it always worked birds, man. Like, they just – they loved it. There's no other water. It's just sweet little slough in the middle of nowhere. And – uh Man, we we were working them. They flew over. We started. We nailed our calls, and they were starting to circle. They were coming over, and sure enough, his dog got off the dog stand. And whether or not that actually happened, I don't know. I got so frustrated. I drove all the way back to Nashville on a Saturday, called it quits. I was I was so mad. That was like, you know, when there it's just the most beautiful layup, and you know that if these birds come in, that's a lit like. You guys just finished your day. You're done. That's it. Could have been the best day ever. I don't know if somebody else moved, and I'm just blaming his dog. But man, it was, it could have been the best day, <laughs> and I was yeah, so mad for sure, man. And and um and, and do, like dogs are. I don't. You know, 
dogs are they they've got to hunt just like you do i mean oh, yeah. it, it, they 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 do and i think obviously dogs are a tool but you know i i do probably and my if my clients do listen to this um I'm not, and they i know they have dogs too and um you know if, if a dog like i'm a dog lover man and if, if a you know as probably as you as everybody as every freaking waterfowl hunter is i don't know I don't think I've met a hunter, waterfowl hunter that doesn't like dogs, but yeah, prob- you know, but, probably but not for sport, some man. reason, you know, we have bad days too. If a dog's just not acting right, doing it right, whatever, I think as a dog owner, right, move that dog back off that hole, right, and 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 get him get him away. I think everyone wants to push their dogs right on the edge of their hole when when really like that that dog is probably going to see that duck before you ever thought about seeing it oh yeah for the most part and 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 so you're not going to hurt the dog's view right i mean if the dog's trained like and it doesn't see the bird down you should be able to cast it out and you know and it make a blind retreat but you know so moving i feel like a lot of people get 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 torn because they want to be able to shoot in in a good spot but but uh, but also if you're going to bring your dog to a hunt, you're responsible for that dog. And if that dog is, is in other words, messing up the hunt or you, or is act is not, you know, having good manners and you need to back that dog off, the dog's still going to go retrieve and do what you want it to do. It's still going to get its enjoyment and whatnot. But like, you've got to back that dog off the hole. So some birds will finish. Oh, because absolutely. I, you know, if, if that dog's not hit either, Man, that's you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it, everybody's shoot. My dog's messed up plenty of opportunities. Unfortunately, they, I mean, they, you look over, he's taking his shit in the water, and you got birds coming, and you're like, "What are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they all they all will. You know, what I mean, like they're gonna have bad days and stuff. But you know, as a guide, I think that's where that's where I want it to be perfected. I want like this this stuff, the stuff that I can control. I want it to be perfect. I don't, and I don't want it to be any less because there's too many variables in waterfowl hunting that we can't control. Oh, absolutely. So, so I think if you can control what you can control and that's the calling, the decoys, your hide, most importantly, and the dog, if you can control all those little factors and and cover your bases and the birds don't do it or do it like you want them to, then it's you know th- then you can look in the mirror and go well you know what wild animals we're being wild animals they won today but you know when we'll we'll kick a crack at them tomorrow whatever so um i think that that's just that's my belief and i think we're rambling i don't even know where we left off at. I mean, yeah, that's just I, me rambling hey that's just part of it man that's how it goes <laughs> now Always. uh shoot i mean you you guys probably see this more than anybody i mean if you're a duck hunter you obviously should or i mean if you're not i that blows my mind but like everybody that's a duck hunter and guide you're spending a lot of time scouting property looking for birds figuring everything out what are you seeing i mean i don't know if you've seen a change or or what but when you guys are scouting are you seeing other fields that are producing more birds or holding more birds as far as like farming practices go good question and 
I would love to get uh, Chad, my head guide's perspective on that because he'd probably have a better perspective. Um, as far as the farming practices go, like you're talking about like what people are doing like up north of us or just like, you know, or like, you know, the Coca-Cola woods or, you know, like uh, well, whatever, whatever his name is up in up in Missouri. TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll give you an example. So, you know, this year or I guess this past year, we had a new piece of property. I'm not going to say where it's at. But yeah, let me tell everybody, give them the number and everything. No. Uh, so the area we were in, a little bit newer area. I've driven through it a million times, but driving, you know, through the same area every week, you know, you see rice fields, rice holds a lot of birds. You see bean fields, you rarely ever see cornfields in Arkansas, I feel like. But then there's this one farm, dude. All it was was moist soil. Man, it, it that was the most consistent field I've seen in years. Every time you drive by, I mean, it's too big of a field. That it was funny. Where their blind was at, you could clearly tell the birds knew that blind was there because they were always 100 yards off of it. Mm-hmm. But it held birds all year long. Like the, the most birds I've seen in a while concentrated in one field. But curious from your perspective, since you guys are guiding so much, are you noticing any kind of like trends or patterns where birds are more concentrated on this type of food during this part of the year or, you know, what, what are your yeah, thoughts I understand. on that? That's a good question. Um, man, the, the field, I want to say the field that we had that did very, very well this year was it had beans in it, but it, but, but then, but there, we had a bunch of water in it too. So I don't know it's kind of dumb to say, but like at, at some point, like those beans weren't there anymore. Like it, it was just, it was just mud. I think the birds are shifting to feeding nocturnal. Oh man. And, yeah. and, I... and I think that's due. Well, I don't know what's due. I'm not a, I'm not a Scientologist, but I, I, they're feeding nocturnal. Could it be from hunting pressure? Could be. Um, could it be from weather? Could be, but I think the, I think why we did so well in that field is because we just, we had traffic. It was, it, it it was a route that, that they were taking and, you know, everyone's heard of Billy Byers hunting club. Oh yeah. Um, That, that particular spot was, was not near it. It was as far as a crow's fly. Right. I mean, it was, you know, a couple good miles away, but I still think there's a traffic area where these birds will go and move to. Um, and I think we found out that these birds were, were feeding, not like they were nocturnal and they were going to feed. And then like a lot of times they're just freaking wanting to roost and get a drink of water. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and well, um, and, 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 you know, obviously the ice, you know, when we got a bunch of ice, that obviously all that changed their feeding habits tremendously. But, um, but yeah, we killed ducks out of a more soil field. And, 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 you know, we had some other rice fields and some other stuff that did well. But, you know, I think it was just, it's just the area that the birds were concentrated on. And if you can get within that area, then you'll do better, I guess, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if I answered your question, but no, no, yeah, I, I totally did. And shout out to Cation Short with Bill Byers, man. They freaking they manage the hell out of that place. They do. They, they do. Man, they got it going on. They're freaking Cadillacing over there, man. They got. They, <laughs> they do. I don't really have a whole lot to say, but they do. I'll just keep it as they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't they know do. Case, and he he was down the road from my brother-in-law, but I heard they're I heard they're super nice guys, though. Yeah, they the telemetry stuff they do is pretty pretty. I'm a huge duck nerd, but I should just me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just the whole moist soil craze going on right now. I, I I don't know if it's the future of duck hunting management or or what, but it seems to be producing. You know, we had a spot. It was beans in the front, moist soil in the back, and man, you hit it on the right weather. They were just dive bombing that nonstop. Are you guys uh, are y'all helping like do any of the farming or anything like that? Or no, I, I, we're not. Um, we tip. I typically go over there early in the season and try to help out as much as I possibly can with work and whatever. Um, with blinds and, and trying to get some stuff ready. And and I was fortunate enough to be able to 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 stay there and work and to go into goose season, conservation season, and uh, and, and kind of get stuff put away and put back right. And so hopefully next year it's kind of organized. Um, so, so, but we, but to answer your question, no, we don't. Um, they, uh, they, like they run a full operation over there, man. Um, they got, you know, they got, they got, they got people that come and work for them and, and help farm. So um, it's definitely something that, that I'd love to get into uh, as far as helping them out, but just the timing really doesn't work out for me. Uh, and I know they understand that. And honestly, I don't really know if Chad or Kirby would let me get on one of their tractors and, and plant. So <laughs> I, I would just be, I would just be a mush over there, like making breakfast, like making lunch for them or something like that. Probably. Well, if you ever want to get involved or come see some, some big problems, we're doing a major overhaul at our place this summer. We, uh, finally locked in a three-year contract on our place. So this will have it for four years, but, Man, they gave us permission. They they want us to, you know, help build their property up, and it's kind of something I'm working towards down the road is, I don't know if you want to call it being a property consultant or something like Shane yeah. Olson, but we're, uh, man, we're going to revamp it. It's got good bones. It's got a lot of potential, but this summer, man, we're, we're going to go in, plant corn. We're going to do some moist soil. We're going to do some millet. I mean, if, if you're not, if, yeah. if you got a spot where you can do millet, Take full advantage of it, man. It's such an easy sure. project. It has a good return. It's effective. You're not going to go broke trying to, but Duck, I'm really Duck excited about this. Millet too. Oh Duck, man, they Duck sure love do. Millet. Love it. Love sure it. do. But, Are you getting on those turkeys right now? Man, I uh, hunted over the weekend, and we chased two birds for I don't even know. Pretty much the whole day, they wouldn't commit. That well. They were committed. They just wouldn't hop over to the property we were allowed to hunt. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and I didn't feel like gotcha. being an outlaw the first weekend, so uh, I had to had to hold off. But yeah, I got you. I am. Um, I'm I heard, try I heard, the, I heard the I heard the weather really hadn't panned out great for for any early you know your early season turkey hunting. Really, I mean, I, and I heard from a source they were kind of hinted up right now, but but maybe. Maybe it'll get better. So, man, I'm I'm hoping so. If this rain and all this wind would just get out of here for just a day, I know, 
Man, it wet, change everything in Nashville. There's there's no need to shoot a wet turkey. That's illegal. <laughs> so, oh, that's that's just a no go. They don't make for a good picture on Instagram. No, no, they they definitely don't. <laughs> but so I, I gotta ask, uh, do you just from what you've seen? I mean, you you hunt a private club, your guide there. Do you think private landowners in Arkansas are doing more for Arkansas right now as far as holding, conserving birds, like building pop, you know, like wetlands? Or do you think the state's doing more? Oh, man, that's a really tough question. Something that, you know, I don't think I've ever really thought of, about that. Um, man, I mean, like, really, like you said, really good question. you're a good podcast. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, at, like you said, you know, you guys have 10,000 or whatever, however many thousand acres, you know. Yeah. That's a – that, it's a valid question that I think people need to be asking. You know, the, the state can obviously control what they have and with whatever help they have, but it seems like private landowners, man, in Arkansas, are they're hitting the ground running and they're hitting it hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, I think there's a, I think there's a line to that. And I think it's a kind of a, a curvy line too. I think, you know, you hear these, you hear these farmers who are, you know, producing these fields for duck hunting and then leasing them out, making money off them, which is fine. They, they, I would probably do that too if I was a farmer and had land to do it. Um, so I think there's definitely more farming geared towards duck hunting and holding ducks. Um, now, as far as the state goes, I don't know about it in Arkansas. I really don't. So I, I honestly, I'd, I'd rather not answer to it to make up some bullshit answer. And someone's going to be like, yeah, that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. But, um, but, uh, but like, you know, as far as like the WMAs over there, like I heard they, you know, they're pulling water out of what WMA are they pulling water out of? Um, yeah. Um, they, yes. they, they held water off that for right. a long, like until maybe after Christmas or something. And right. that, so, that really affected you know, Sugar. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, and I understand why they're doing that too, because those, those trees can't be submerged underwater. And there's, um, Gary sent me a really good podcast that talked about that actually too. Um, and uh, it's really interesting, the science behind it. But, you know, I feel that, um, and maybe it's, people are going to obviously have different views and opinions, but, maybe for me someone that's been doing it for such a long time and 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 that does it for consistently um you know i'm able to see this we take humans take so much from this earth and not to be i'm not a tree hug or anything but we we take so much from this earth and 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 so much pressure on these animals that i love to hunt and that i love to 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 pursue but so you know, dragging water off these WMAs is something that I love to see because we may not see in our lifetime, but maybe our kids' kid will see it in their lifetime as far as being replenished and and um, with 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 better overall results as far as the woods go and and just um, I guess you know, kind of like revitalizing everything again. I think it's so needed. And I think, you know, obviously people are gonna be like, no, no, fuck that. You know, we want to hunt. We want this. I can't believe they're dragging water off. You know, one of the best, one of the better, you know, WMAs. Well, yeah, but just think about everything that you take 
every single year of your life, and, and, and that and that we need to because it's conservation. Um, but you know, give you know, be sacrifice a little bit and 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 do your part and not bitch. And, oh yeah, and and, and 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 give back. You know, I mean, you don't even have to do anything physical. Just you know, just let it be as it is. Don't try to go against it though, because it's going against the grain on on those certain situations i just think is so unhealthy and I oh just man think... i mean it, it it's kind of like the the ducks unlimited and delta waterfowl story man like you almost kill them out of extinction you gotta do something to conserve it and yep you know if, if you don't think of the long-term effects man you keep flooding it you know i don't know i'm i am somewhat partial to it because it's like they're dormant during the winter it may not kill them off. Don't put the water on as early, but yeah, I totally, yeah. Un- totally understand. I'm, I if, if they're doing it and they're doing a good job, man, I'm all for it. I, yeah. I mean, I don't really. I'm not, I'm not on one side of the line or the other. Like I said before, it's a curvy line, so you know, I, I there's pros and cons to both, and I and yeah, I, I get that too. So, but you know, it, but the end goal for me would would love to see my kid's kid be able to still go to Arkansas and hunt. Oh yeah. And, I mean, and, and, to, and to do the stuff that, that I did or that you did. I mean, that's, you know, that's obviously like the ultimate goal is, you know, as you get older is you want to, you know, you want to try to preserve stuff for, for the next generation and, and whatnot. So. Oh, it's, it's like the cash river story. I'm not going to go too far into it, but man, it got dredged hard. I mean, they rechannelized that whole entire area and I'll give, I'll give Arkansas all the credit, man. They're rebuilding the Cash River. I mean, it, dude, it's looking badass. I know there's a lot of young trees on it. We may never see it in our lifetime, but, man, 50 years down the road, that's going to be a sweet spot to hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, Absolutely. You guys have a podcast. It's called a Guide Series Podcast. One, you guys into it. And two, you know, tell me a little bit about – starting that up and how all that got going so the podcast was awesome it kind of got a little dormant um dude it's funny shit to listen to i love it other, <laughs> I, I loved doing it and and not saying it i'll never go back to it again um because i had so much fun doing it and, and i really did enjoy it just other life stuff comes up and and running around and i just feel like i didn't um i, I just didn't i was losing not not interest at all i was losing time and effort into it and that you know i'm i'm really a big believer and if you if you can't do something fully at 100 percent, then there's no reason to do it and i didn't i didn't want to go on there and do a half-ass you know run a half-ass podcast so um so it kind of went dormant but yeah though the uh i i came up with the idea and i talked about it with jake newby and, and my buddy my sean geary my co-host both of them are co-hosts on it and um man it just it was so I listened to this podcast called Spit and Chicklets. It's a Barstool podcast, and <laughs> it's awesome. It's a, it's a hockey podcast, and I just listened to it, listened to it, listened to it. I'm like, man, they're just they're just they're guys of the game that are just interviewing current guys, and you know, and you kind of get like an in depth story and a behind the scenes story of these all these hockey players and their life and how they got into it, blah blah blah, this that this that. So I'm like, man, I should like I we should do that for like waterfowl. Like obviously there's a bunch of podcasts on waterfowling and stuff, but like, is there, is there a podcast that talks about the guide lifestyle 
of waterfowling, the behind the scenes, right? You go and meet a guide. He has you for a couple of days. You make a relationship with him. But, but do you, but do you actually get to like, do you actually know him? And that's kind of what we wanted to do was kind of bring out the guides and their stories. And because there's interesting guides all around the country, good, bad, or indifferent, there's, um, they're, 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 they're everywhere. And, and, uh, and you know so we just kind of wanted to kind of dive deep in that story and that's kind of how it got started because it was you know i started listening to another podcast i'm like man i wonder if we can do it for waterfowl hunting and you know i can talk waterfowl for you know way too long anyway so i'm like it's definitely gonna be easy to talk about um, (laughs) yeah no shortage of things to talk about yeah exactly and we're you know we had ryan warden on um we had a couple of really cool guests on and and uh and you know photographers too we started kind of getting that piece of it as well i kind of wanted it to have a spinoff of the photography side because it's so big today on social media and i wanted those photographers to get in you know to to have a spotlight as well um just as far as how they got into it you bring a camera into the blind or you know you go somewhere and there's a there is a, you know a full-time paid photographer Right. It, it, they're they're so interesting as far as how, what what they what their perception is of the hunt, because it's different than holding a gun. And um, so just getting those guys, uh, all those guys is, you know, outlook and opinions and, you know, and then to, to kind of mesh the guide life and in the photographer life into it, um, I thought was a really good uh, idea. And it kind of kicked off. And like I said, it went dormant, but y'all will be back eventually. Oh yeah, hey man, round two, just get ready. That's right. So, That's right. so speaking of shooting photos, I know, uh, I know, man, you're pretty mean on the camera. I've uh, seen some of your, your shots, and I know you talk about it on your podcast quite a bit. What's uh, how hard is it to take the camera instead of the gun? Because that, man, that's got to be the hardest thing ever. Yeah. So my first year guiding. You know, I was really big into into photography too, and um, and 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 I figured out really quick that you can't be a guide and a photographer. Uh, it doesn't work. So <laughs> trying to call the shot while you shoot your shot. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's just like you know, it was like it was fine. Like when it was slow, like I get the camera out and take like pictures of dogs, and clients loved it. Like, and they still do, right? Uh, and I think that's something that um, that I can still bring to the table. Because guys, you know, because clients are like, you know, I take a picture of their dog, and some of them are like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Well, when I <laughs> end up spinning the camera around and I got a picture of their dog, their family dog, on the, you know, on the, you know, on the dog stand, they're like, "Oh man, send that to me right now." <laughs> so um, it, um, it, it, I feel like that was something I could bring to the table as being a guide, and uh, so I did that, and it was, it, it's fun. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it just, it, it, I feel like it just, it saves the moments that we forget about. And sometimes, sometimes moments are good for them to happen and not to have any recollection of them than just a memory. But sometimes it's also nice to have a visual of that memory of, of, of your family gun dog, of you and your son in the blind. I'm a huge, you know, even though I didn't have like a big camera this year, I love taking pictures of, you know, of, of, of clients and their, in their, in their kids hunting. Cause 
that's something, you know, I got a picture behind me right here of, you know, it's me and my dad and hell, I think I was still shitting my britches in this picture, but you know, he took me turkey, <laughs> he took me turkey hunting and it was just me and him and a big alfalfa field. Like that's something I'll have forever. And it's one of the best pictures of me and my dad. And, um, and, uh, so man, photography is, photography is awesome. And people, and I'm, you know, you talk about like you know, my good buddy, Jake Orlich, um, and, and so many others that do it. Uh, obviously, K Tricky for Dive Bomb, oh, like those man, guys, awesome. and so <laughs> many others, and so many others. They're they're just wizards, and so like I'm not even close to to where they're at. But you know, but it was just really cool and uh, and rewarding to, to 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 be able to take pictures and to get into that aspect of it. Um, but those guys, man, the guys that do it every day, and they're fucking wizards with a camera it's amazing. oh man Cade gets down and dirty with it <laughs> they're they're all i mean they're, they're they're so good so talented and and i've learned that you, you definitely have to have an eye for it and not everybody can do it um you know it, not saying not everybody can't practice and do it but to be really really good it just takes a specific eye um to capture photos like that oh so, yeah kudos, and, kudos to them yeah it's funny we got a one of my buddies, uh, Matt Hagen, we, we got another Matt in our club, so we only call him Hagen. But, man, a few years back, he used to just randomly take pictures. You'd never know he was taking pictures. And then after duck season was over, he'd send them out to everybody. And you're like, when did you take that picture? But being able to capture that moment when somebody's not, you know, when you're not paying attention to that person mm-hmm. and looking back yep. at it, you're like, man, that was awesome. Like, I, I thank you for taking that picture. Because yep. I never would have thought about, okay, yep. you know, it's hard to capture that moment. Right, exactly, exactly. And like I said before, I think some, some, some stuff, you know, like you know, this past year shooting mallards in a fifty-foot yard hole or fifty-foot yard hole, fifty-yard hole, it is, it, it, and there's no pictures, no photographers, but that's something that's a memory that's going to last forever. But there's still a piece of this sport that needs to be captured today to 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 have and to just uh to pause the time and the, oh, guys are, the guys that are doing it today are just they're unbelievable oh i know man it's there's so many of them i, I can't remember if you ever got ed wall on one of your podcasts or not but trying man, to he oh man his yeah, stuff is insane he's he's still up i'm pretty sure so, yeah i not a big I, deal they, Ed, but we'll get together one day maybe yeah one of these days if, you, if he's paying attention who knows but i'm a mush so i probably wouldn't have came on the podcast either <laughs> no man you you definitely you fit the description you know i i i get the whole reason i even created this thing was i was sick and tired of listening to podcasts where people ask the same questions over and over i wanted yep. something where it's like hey this is a, this is what's going on you know you said earlier like behind the scenes but you know i want to know about somebody working the land what's working what's not what people are doing to make their property better what they're doing to find new property or get, you know, the, there's so many different aspects of it. And it's not just season. I think the off season is just as important as actual hunting season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you guys have an awesome idea and, and uh, uh, you know, similar with ours in, in that regard, but like people want to know people, people want to know, and it doesn't matter what podcast is, it, if it's the guide series or yours or, you know, whatever it is, it, it people love to listen to what's going on what's current and you you're doing it different 
with the different questions and going a different route because people don't want to, don't give a shit about how many birds were killed on December, you know, 27th and 30 degree weather and, and, and how the bird <laughs> and how the birds worked according to the sun and the wind. Like, yeah, like it, it, it's cool, but like very, it, everything you're right. Everything on the podcast that are out there got so repetitive. It's like, okay, sick. You guys, you know, you guys killed, you know, whatever. You guys killed probably five birds and posted a picture of, you know, 25 on a tailgate. So, from the yep. day before. So, congrats. <laughs> I'm pumped for you guys. It was, it was a great year, just to recap it. Like, just, you know, there's so many good fronts that came, and it was exciting. And, you know, we, we kind of – we somewhat strayed away from the 70-degree days. We had a couple in there that floated around, and birds got stale and whatever. But you're going to have that. You know, but but there's but there's a bunch of fronts and a bunch there's a bunch more mornings where where I woke up and I'm like hell yes hell <laughs> yes like First. this is what like this is what this is what <laughs> we live for like this is why you sweat your ass off in the summer in the dog day summer and you think about mallards toting luggage like this like you know like you wake up and you're like oh yeah baby this is right <laughs> you know and, and, and then whether regardless or not like it was just you know the excitement of it there's a bunch more excitement um this oh. year than than the past previous years man yeah the past seven years we just haven't, haven't had a, a real solid consistent weather of any kind the the only complaint i have this year is the freaking moon dude with the full moon this year god we dude just why, 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 why was, why was there so, a full moon did so it, many days? Did it, did it mess you guys up? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you knew bonfire at night, you'd look up and you'd be like, man, I'm, I'm just going to sleep in tomorrow. I, I know that it kind of talks to somebody like, that knows more about that than I do, but growing up with a deer hunting experience, man, I, I think ducks and deer correlate on that very similarly some people will probably disagree but i think moon phases have to do with how they're they're going to be the next day oh they definitely do they definitely do we and for some reason man we did very well on on the full on the on that full moon where it got really cold like we did very we did very, oh yeah, like, oh, better, yeah that, better than i better than i thought yeah a full moon with with everything frozen that's a different story but full moon yeah. Warmer weather, dude. Yeah, oh, a full moon that warmer weather. You might as well that. just, you know, you might as well just throw your Have calls it. and gun out. And go, Make out a badass breakfast, sleep in a little bit. <laughs> just don't even sweat it. But For sure. Well, man, well, Hunter, man, it was awesome to have you on. I, I know it's been a while. We've been talking about this for a minute. But, man, I couldn't be more excited to have you on tonight. Tell, uh, tell everybody how they can find you on Instagram, you know, you know, your podcast, all that. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's the foul hunter lens, the foul underscore lensman, the foul lensman, um, something like that. But I think it's the foul, <laughs> the foul lensman, the foul underscore lensman, or something like that. Um, I'm on Instagram, and uh, I try to try to keep everyone updated. I do a bunch of fishing too, so you know, I'm, I, I live on the lake in the off season, and and uh, but no, I appreciate you having me on, man. I had a blast. You're, you're like keep it rolling. The podcast, the questions were super intense um i'm kidding but no they were they're really they're really they're really good man it was uh it's a uh, it, it was really good to talk about uh waterfowl season you know coming you know coming in the springtime i'm already excited for it, just sitting here and talking about it so i appreciate you having me on oh man anytime and uh look forward to 
maybe seeing you in Arkansas this year if you can ever get a day off. And uh... for sure, we'll definitely try to get together, man. <laughs> awesome, well, man. Uh, be careful with this storm. My power is uh, still out, so that's going on like twenty-five yeah. minutes. <laughs> Honestly, my lights just flickered, so I probably need to go down and check on the uh, dogs and the wife. And uh, <laughs> we got a tornado. We got a tornado watch right now. So you stay safe, man. And uh, and uh, yeah, and take it easy. I'm getting off of here. All right, man. Have a good night. Talk to you later. All right, man. Bye. See ya.